Hey, everybody, we're going to pick up our conversation we started last week. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and listen to that episode, and then you can listen to this episode. This is part two of a two-part series. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Welcome to The Friday Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II. The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. I know you mentioned something that you're interested in lately and maybe helping people with. I know you do some consulting as well. Um, I'd love to know a little bit more about how you're advising people when they're trying to scale their company or grow their company. And um, I'd love to know, you know, what are some pain points that you see with these companies that are trying to scale? Like what are the main problems? Like from a practical perspective, what kind of things are they running into when they're trying to scale? Um, you know, what headaches are they, they finding and, you know, what are you seeing? And then also I'd love to dive in a little bit more at some point and talk more about like what kind of solutions that you're suggesting to them and what's working to fix some of those problems. Mm. Yeah. Uh, enough challenges, uh, when you go from one phase, of course, to the other, uh, a main one is how do you make sure the, the, the visionary, the founders, the, the people who were there from day one, uh, you know how how can you make sure they don't become a bottleneck uh, mm. for every decision for everything that's going on? Uh, another challenge is still you know you might have some investments, but uh, somebody investing in you, but it's still you cannot just hire a thousand new people. Yeah, you cannot just throw money at uh, a mm. talent. So yeah. you need to figure out how can we best work with the talents that we have and that mm -hmm. of course also means you know do we even know which talents do we have uh, in the first place right how do we do the best thing that with the, the people that we're with today and uh, another transition uh, in many ways is also how to protect maybe the uh, it's a very broad word but the culture that you want to have uh, you can mm -hmm. quickly lose a lot of good things because mm -hmm. of that influx, because of that growth, because of the focus on a lot of things. And uh, before you know it, uh, you don't know how to get it back. Yeah. Right? That original trust that you might have had, the, the way of working that you built with each other, the, uh, how, do you do, how do you do meetings, how do you do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And uh, I hope to say that uh, the people I work with, you think about these things before it's almost too late. Yeah. When you, when it's a problem, you're like, uh, it's kind of hard to fix it at this point. You've got to be proactive with it. I'm guessing, especially the culture one. I'm guessing that's, that's probably a really hard one to fix afterwards. Um, yes. Do you mind? So you mentioned three different ones, how to make sure your founder isn't a bottleneck, how you can utilize the talent you have and how to protect your culture. Do you mind telling us a little bit about the, the founder being a bottleneck one? I definitely find that it kind of fluctuates here on my team because I'm always like paving the way for a new service, <laughs> which means I'm probably trying out some of that new stuff and trying mm -hmm. it out. And then I'll like systemize it. I'm like, cool, I'm not even involved. But then I'll maybe get a little bored and like, oh, I should try a new thing. And then I start a new thing. And then I'm like, oh, now I'm the bottleneck on that new thing, right? <laughs> so, uh, I mean, yeah, what kind of stuff do you see there? Like, do you, is that a common problem, you know? And also, how do you see, like what kind of solutions practically do people put in place? They just say, hey, you know, they start delegating. I mean, what, what, how does that work usually? 
So, yeah, it's a problem. It will always be some kind of problem. Uh, the founder, you know, knows maybe things, really does know the things better, knows the history, has thought things through much more as their whole life savings. You know, there's there's something very special about that role, of course. Uh, and the first people who are maybe uh, crazy enough to join, uh, based, based on an idea <laughs> without yep. any yep. tangible things. And... The uh, therefore, it's also important in that sense not to be too hard on yourself. So mm-hmm. it's not about you know never being a bottle. It's not a problem, but mm-hmm. uh, just realizing when is something too much. Right? Yeah. When are you too much of a bottleneck? And that means having prepared somehow other people, the next in lines, a new group, uh, before, of course, uh, uh, in first hand. So that at least they know these criteria for decision making much better. You under you trust their set of uh, values and how they run things uh, as well. Mm-hmm. So it takes some preparation uh, before you get to that point. And uh, it's all, again, I wouldn't say too late, but it's very late all of a sudden to find yourself in a situation where everybody's complaining and all right. the decisions are on hold, and yeah. you want to be. Be, be get there before that so know that there are certain things that are inevitable this has happened so often with so many others who went before you you can yep. almost predict with 100 percent reliability yep. <laughs> this is going to happen right like gravity yeah. there's a certain laws and this is going to happen yeah um now when it comes to uh the area around how what do you do you know, to do the best of the people uh, that you have. Mm-hmm. People might have been hired originally for a very unique skill. You know, someone's good at coding, someone's good at selling, someone's good at uh, mm-hmm. uh, maybe organizing. But people are more that that one skill. Maybe you find out that uh, outside of work, uh, they're very creative. Maybe outside of work, they... Uh, um, structure uh, sessions uh, for their community and uh, for a lot of problems that are out there. And it's, of course, a pity if you are not able to tap into those talents. It's right. also a pity for those people who work there who might you know, feel uncomfortable maybe using any of them. There's not a common language. You don't want to come right. across as arrogant. You don't get out of line. So having, you know, even something as simple as uh, I've had organizations where they just read the book, I'm not even there, but they read the chapter three. It's about your strengths uh, and energy. Mm-hmm. Everything is just, you know, plug and play. They come together, they discuss it. And afterwards, everybody shares with others on a board. This is what I'm good at. This is what I get energy from. This not. What do we do differently? Interesting. So you just kind of recommend like, hey, if you're trying to identify how to use your talent, maybe like read potentially like the, re- the chapter in your book about strengths or read something that's like going to help people identify and have like a conversation around like, oh, here's what gives me energy. Here's what exhausts me. And mm-hmm. then you can kind of surface like, okay, here's some of the, the strengths that people have. And then you can basically kind of go from there and make some decisions about, okay, well, if we know that you 
you know, are not great. You basically get exhausted every time you have to talk to people. It's like, maybe you shouldn't be in sales anymore. Maybe we should <laughs> move you over here. Like you like researching. Hey, why don't you put, put you in a more technical role? Is, is that the kind of yeah. thing you're talking about? Those are the kind of things, small things that can make a very big difference. And uh, just having the language around this, being able to talk about it, uh, releases a lot of positive energy, right? Uh, I'm in a mm-hmm. place where I can bring in my best talents Mm-hmm. And everybody's reasonable enough to know you cannot just use everything all the time, but there's a yep. time and place. But then you can translate this into, again, what are small things in the whole system that you're creating that make a big difference? So when it comes to your maybe end of year evaluations, or I don't know how often uh, you might have them, uh, do you talk about these things? Do you mm-hmm. encourage people say, you know, I saw you were very good at organizing, Maybe we can raise the bar for next year. So this is not only about, you know, what you were not good at, but in this case, uh, you were an eight out of 10. Let's go for a nine. What would, yeah. How would that look like? Yeah. So this is not about creating very dramatic, difficult uh, things. You also don't often need someone from the outside who does this for you. But going through this in a very structured, simple way that everyone in the organization understands uh, makes a big difference. Yeah, that makes sense. What about protecting the culture that you have? What have you seen there? And, and, and I'm also curious about where this is, where this stuff starts to break, you know, when you're seeing companies that's like, is the founder becoming a bottleneck after like five employees, 10 employees? Is it 20? Is it hundreds? Or I mean, it probably keeps getting worse the bigger it gets, but I'm just kind of curious when you see those kind of things breaking. Um, I wouldn't say, yeah, breaking is, of course, a, a strong word, but <laughs> uh-huh. after a few dozen, uh-huh. it already becomes very complicated. Yeah, I believe that. I mean, I feel like it's complicated and there's only six of us on our team. So. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if you think about maybe, yeah, a few dozen, like we're talking about 20, 30 uh, people uh-huh. already from there, founders can get uncomfortable, you know, what's happening mm. over there. Yeah. Let me read that one more time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to be present. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, all of a sudden, yeah, you, you can't have it all. You cannot and have that and want to grow internationally and expand with a new mm-hmm. uh, product portfolio and help people feel empowered. So interesting. Working on this before you need it. In many ways, that's a theme of the book because uh, also, as Mark, you said, uh, all these difficult moments that people go through. Um, these are things you can practice on your holidays, right? You can practice in good times. You can practice when business is going extremely well uh, and you're carefree. You can think about meaning, your strengths, protecting mm-hmm. positivity, uh, being there for others. And when you really need it, then, you know, you can just use it. <laughs> now, yeah. when it comes to uh, the culture, that's also something that, uh, uh, like fish in the water, the way you do things might seem so natural at that time of moment. You right. don't feel the urge to codify it or mm-hmm. talk about it because it, it's just nice. It's a friendly, it's a warm bath. Right. You know, <laughs> things are nice. Um, mm-hmm. But if you don't know, in this case, uh, what the real temperature is and things change, you can't, don't know where yeah. to, how to go back to it. And that's so true. I almost feel like it's like when you don't have a headache, you don't notice that you don't have a headache. But as soon as mm-hmm. you have a headache, it's like, oh, this is horrible. You didn't eat, <laughs> then when your headache goes away, it's like, I feel amazing. Like, this is what it's like to not have a headache. You know what yeah. I mean? So yes. that's that's super interesting. Yeah, because I feel like that's so true. Is 
you don't even realize what's unique about your company or the, the mm-hmm. healthy things happening. You only notice a f- maybe a few problems here or there. So yeah, how do you how do you notice that stuff? Because that, that seems like hard hard to do. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you recommend to try to figure that out? It's very hard. Uh, things even just asking an individual, what are your strengths? You know, people so, want draw a blank, right? They have two <laughs> things that maybe come to. Like, Come mm-hmm. on, it must be much more. Otherwise, you wouldn't be where you are in life right now, right? Mm-hmm. This is uh, <laughs> it's impossible for it only to be two things. And that is uh, a chance to think, okay, who can help me become more aware of these things mm-hmm. that are too close? Okay. So when someone new joins the company, uh, the first weeks are, of course, very valuable to make sure you interview people, you, you draw information before they're also too immersed after two years. What did you notice about the interview process? What did you notice about day one? What did you notice uh, about uh, the project that we kicked off? Uh, can you compare it maybe with something you've experienced in the past? Yeah, And you don't even have to do something with that other than realizing that awareness is a goal in itself, right? After a while, you get this feel of, ah, apparently, we are very welcoming. Apparently, we pay mm-hmm. attention to the personal side in addition to only the professional side. Yep. Do we want to keep this? Do we cherish this? Do we value this? Well, as we grow, <laughs> yeah. how do we make sure we embed this? Man, that that is so good. I, I feel like I've experienced exactly what you're talking about because when we mm-hmm. have new team member come on, you know, they say things like, you know what, I really like working here because of whatever reason and like some <laughs> of the reasons where like I really like it because, you know, I haven't been in a business before where my opinion was taken into account or where I could actually speak up about a problem and then I knew it would get fixed. You know what I mean? Like that's something mm-hmm. they're like, hey, like I've never been somewhere like that's really cool. So I'm like, man, I need to write that down or figure out how, how do we capture what's happening there and make sure that continues so we don't lose it, you know, as, as we get yes. bigger and stuff like that. Yeah, so I'll have to I'll have to ask some of my team members too, <laughs> uh, as they're brought on. Like, what do what do you notice that's different? Because a lot of them have worked other places, you know. I feel like also like having an outside consultant like you would be helpful too, because depending on like how much time you can spend with the mm-hmm. team, obviously. But if you're there for a little while, since you've seen so many companies, it would probably be easier for someone outside like you to be able to see like, oh, like I've seen so many, I can notice the patterns pretty quickly of what's pretty normal what's not normal and whereas you know what i mean like instead of just being like inside of it if you've tested all these this is going to get weird if you tested the temperature of all these different baths and this (laughs) bath is cold and this one's hot you know then you know the difference between them if you're just sitting one the whole time you're just used to it right um (laughs) so that's my weird analogy but (laughs) that's true and uh uh, yeah people with uh fresh eyes in that could be a consultant could be a good friend it could be a customer there are so many ways to uh, find out, right? Also, when it comes to these personal topics, when it comes to your strengths, it's not about just sit in a room and think hard. Uh, the book has a checklist you can go through that triggers your thinking. You can think about feedback. You can even anonymously, uh, so there's you know no motivation behind it, ask your team members, your colleagues, uh, let's all share a few things we think are each other's strengths. And that's uh, uh, the summer gift. And, you know, it will help you think about it uh, uh, in good ways. Hmm. That's really good. Yeah. I, you know, I'm also curious to kind of hear your thoughts about, um, you know, what to do when you hit a plateau 
or, you know, when you get to a certain, um, you know, place where, um, maybe you've had some great success and, you know, you, you, you have a business, but then, you know, what does it look like to kind of take things to the next level or, um, you know, how do you break free from maybe, um, a certain space that you've gotten to, how do you maybe think, or what are the questions that we should ask ourselves in order to kind of take things to the next level and grow even more? I like how you, uh, keep raising the bar <laughs> in this, uh, <laughs> cause for some, some, it could be comfortable. It's like, Hey, great. I reached a plateau and <laughs> now I can just hang out. Um, but no. I think, I mean, I think for <laughs> yeah. me, like that's always like the biggest worry, you know, of like, mm-hmm you know, I started my business, you know, I, I started a creative, you know, being a creative like 13 years ago, as far as, you know, starting to do, you know, videography and photography. And, um, but then really it's only been, you know, the past almost six years that I kind of had a company, you know, and it wasn't just me as a, as a freelancer or something like that, but I've got employees now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, growth is just always that thing. It's like, I I got payroll, I got to cover, you know, every other week. And, Mm -hmm. um, and it's that thought of, you know, how do I, you know, take things further up the scale? Because I feel like at any moment, if I just rest on my laurels or just enjoy this plateau, (laughs) you know, that something could happen and then it could all come crumbling down. That's, and that's true. And that can, of course, help because the environment keeps changing. And uh, I was uh, nice and new and successful two years ago. It might be outdated, of course, in two years from now. And uh, a few things that uh, can help. Simple exercises uh, could be, but realizing that if you're not continuously somehow, you know, planting these seeds, if you're not taking actions... Uh, nothing can come out of them, of course, as well. So you have this idea around what you would say leading and lagging indicators, uh, in a way, looking forward and looking backwards. Many of the indicators that we use are actually looking backwards. You're you're sort of driving through your rearview mirror. It's possible, but it's limited, of course, uh, to a large extent. When you talk about sales, you talk about growth, you talk about profits, costs, all of this has already happened by the time you're talking about it. There's nothing you can do to influence it. That was it. It's just a given. That, of course, brings some information with it, but you have no guarantee whether this will continue. This is a random trend. Is this a fixed line? What's going on? So the question is, which other indicators do you use that are forward-looking? Things that uh, you can actually do something about. And some people can become very thorough in this. Uh, when it comes to learning, it could be something as, you know, what are the, what's the, what are the books I'm going to read this year? Uh, what are the uh, articles I'm going to get exposed to? How many new clients uh, do I want to have a conversation with uh, this month? Um, how many, and so forth, and so forth. Now, that's something you can actually measure, right? You don't just leave to chance. Uh, things, something you can discuss with each other. How many events are we going to get uh, go to? How many uh, uh, speaking engagements do we want to have? Um, how many new 
uh, innovative thinkers do you want to invite to teach us about uh, what's next cutting edge thing five of four of uh, five of uh, uh, six of them might be completely you know uh, um, unusable <laughs> but we want that one nugget but in order to find that one nugget you have to go through them all so it would be thinking about your wish in a very systematic way as if you would just manage it instead of just uh, hoping that uh, things will work out because of your drive and creativity and, and all of that. Another uh, exercise uh, that uh, uh, helps is, it's a bit the opposite of what you would call a pre-mortem, but imagine first, okay, what does success look like for you in five years? Because it could be very different from the people you work with. Some people measure in growth. Some people say, no, we want more depth. We want to become more established. Having a good conversation about that in the first place. And you can disagree or not. Uh, if it's compatible, why not? And then uh, the easy thing is to think about, okay, if we keep doing the things that we're doing today, the way that we're working, the exposures that we have and all of those things, how confident are we that we make a good shot at this. And if you are confident, then of course that settles the case and you can worry about other things. Mm, but right. if you're not confident, then the question is, okay, where are we not confident, right? What's the, what's, what's the missing ingredient between uh, this? How can we include that? In any case, making sure that with simple exercises, you involve the teams and the members and the people who share this drive that you have it's not all on only on your shoulders and uh, finding fun ways to make it manageable, actionable. Hmm. Man, that's fantastic. This has been a great uh, conversation uh, and I just, you know, I'm going to go back and, and re-listen to it. So, um, <laughs> you know, on this show, we like to... Uh, ben is a college level note taker. He excels at well, thank you. Ca capturing capturing notes. And so we like to kind of take top things away from this conversation and just kind of reiterate them. So Ben, what are the the top takeaways we have for today? Uh, a couple things you said, uh, I thought they were really good. You brought up a Nietzsche quote, he who has a why to live for can bear almost any how, which I think is really good. Uh, you mentioned on how to protect the culture that you have, that you don't notice what your culture is. So you need to get an outside perspective, get input from team members, customers, and outside consultants. Um, and then for uh, how to take things to the next level, you mentioned that you should ask yourself, what does success look like? And given that picture of success, if we keep doing what we're doing, how confident are we that we have a good shot at this? Wonderful. So where can, where can, uh, where can people find you, Kevin? Uh, right now, uh, I think the easiest way is social media, probably on LinkedIn, uh, just typing my name and, uh, soon, uh, will be launched. So, all right. It's not a website that with Ben, uh, unfortunately. Oh, I know what? You, also you, need, you, you should. <laughs> ben, ben makes amazing websites. <laughs> so who knows? The next uh, iteration, uh, we'll stay in touch for that. Yeah. Uh, you definitely should. All right. You know, we like to leave everybody with, with an action item, like something that they can maybe practice or do this next week in order to 
to grow themselves, grow their business, what it is, whatever it may be. Uh, what would that be if you could maybe part one word of wisdom to someone? Um, what would that be? Wow. One word of wisdom. <laughs> I would, uh, there's one so many things item. I want to yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But making it uh, actionable is uh, thinking about uh, what are you contributing to in the broadest sense. We often forget mm. that when we're so stuck in the technicalities, but uh, for yourself, for your uh, community, for your friends, family, for your organization, team members, society, uh, and so forth, and so forth. And that same activity can all of a sudden get much more color, meaning, and uh, energy. That's awesome. I love it. Well, thanks so much for being on the Friday Habit. Um, if you want to uh, get the show notes for this episode, you go to thefridayhabit.com. There you can also find uh, links to our websites and ways to get in touch. Uh, and at the bottom of the page, you can download our guide to the Friday Habit System that will show you how to set aside one full day each week to dedicate working on your business instead of in your business. Yep. And if you enjoy this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review in the Apple Podcast app. And if you have a question or topic you'd like us to cover, don't forget to record us a quick voice memo and send it to hello at thefridayhabit.com. That's right. Thanks for listening. And remember, live every day like it's Friday. Friday.